Welcome back. Here's part two of my interview with our energy secretary talking about his roundtable conversation with our outstanding oil and gas producers. Thank you for the outstanding work you did dealing with, you know, Saudi Arabia and OPEC and, and work on that deal. So I really appreciate what you did there. My, my question for you is, is, you know, you see what's kind of happening now with the distance learning. People are kind of getting their groove working at home. Do you ever see the demand going back to where it was? Yes, I do. I, I think, you know, uh, we're in a period now that's, um, you know, unprecedented, frankly. I mean, we've never had this sort of uh, event happen in the United States, certainly not with, you know, the reduction or the, you know, the, uh, the reduction in demand due to the pandemic, but also combined with some activities that occurred in Saudi Arabia and Russia. We've never had that double whammy in this industry as we face today. But I think as I look down the road, yes, we will have some changes in culture. Yes, we have some changes in work habits. Yes, there will be some corporations who perhaps see uh, some economic value in continuing this, this new environment in which we have to live with telecommuting. But I do think over time, Americans like to travel. Americans like their cars. Americans like uh, to be out and about. And we're going to see much of that demand, if not all of it, return very, very shortly. Uh, most important or best thing you got out of the oil and gas roundtable that, again, you can go back and take some action on in D.C.? Well, I, I think, you know, it's, it's working with this industry and looking at the innovations that they are continuing to develop. Uh, that, that's been the most remarkable lesson for me to learn. And that's why it's so important that, you know, we all take time to come out and learn from the innovators who are here on the ground. You know, we like to point to fracking as, a, as, a, as an example. Uh, you know, the fracking technology as we know it today started in the U.S. Department of Energy. It was, you know, some of our scientists and some of our researchers in our national laboratories that helped develop the technology. But it was the private sector that took it to the, the levels that we could never imagine uh, as scientists or as, as bureaucrats in a government agency. Uh, it's, it's looking at the next generation of fracking, looking at the next generation of, of the development and the production that's coming from the industry, not so much from government. And that's the lesson is that we can't lose sight of the good work that's being done in the industry and with organizations like EERC here in North Dakota that will push us to the next level of success. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing as we start to pull even more oil out of that rock. Two more quick questions for you, sir. One is, um, I, like, I wanna get your take on this since you're the expert. You hear so much about you know the Green New Deal, the Green New Deal. Can you paint a picture for Americans if? If we were living under a Green New Deal, what would that look like for America? Be pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no, it'd be pretty dark. I mean, as I understand the Green New Deal, they would do away with technologies like we just discussed with fracking. And if you think about what that means, uh, it, you know, it obviously means less production of oil and gas, and that's really their goal. So when they talk about, you know, uh, they don't want to end the technology itself, fracking, if you want to end the production of oil and gas, by definition, you've ended the technologies like fracking. And what the U.S. Chamber of Commerce tells us is that if you do away with that type of technology, you will do away with approximately 19 million jobs in the energy industry. So as we look at the economic pain that Americans are currently experiencing with this pandemic, you would add to that the loss of 19 million jobs. That's a very dark world for us to live in. And, you know, if you, if you want to understand what that means to the provision of electricity, it will literally be dark because you can look at California and see what's happening there. You know, they've chosen a policy that's very close to what we see in the provision of uh, or in the policies that are put forth in the, in the uh, Green New Deal, you know, uh, facing the Congress today. 
you know, they've chosen to go 100% renewable. Well, that's fine. But in today's world, we have to have the provision of base load power. And we don't have the ability to supplement that or to substitute base load power with things like grid scale storage, battery storage. So as a result, California is having rolling blackouts. And if we were to adopt a Green New Deal type policy for the nation, we'd have rolling blackouts all across our country. That is frightening. I don't, I don't want to put any politics inside this conversation, sir, but I think Hillary Clinton said those 19 million people could become coders, if I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, last kind of fun question. As you're here in North Dakota and you look at, we've got ICBMs, we've got food, we've got energy. I mean, we could kind of secede and be okay, couldn't we? <laughs> we could. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm joking. North Dakota is uniquely positioned. You can, you can survive. You produce more food and more energy than many states combined in America. It's really, really incredible. That's why we love having you here. So, Mr. Secretary, thank you so much again for your time, your insight. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Great to be with you. Great stuff there. Great to have, obviously, a cabinet member here in the great state of North Dakota. Please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be wrapping things up. we got a special guest tomorrow night, so we'll tell you about that right after this.